Save the rebellion! Save the dream! <laughs> now I can laugh! <laughs> <laughs> it's the Countdown to Nine podcast, everybody. Uh, counting down one movie in the Star Wars universe per month until we get to The Rise of Skywalker. We're here in Burbank with the air conditioning cranked in the background. Feels good today. Feels good. Enjoy that low hum. Pretend you're on Jabba's barge. Whatever works for you. <laughs> Bashuda. This month we land on the second of two standalone films from the galaxy far, far away. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Paul Preston here with the movie guy making movie magic with my good friend and co-host Sean Blodgett of the mighty Creative Motion Entertainment. I love that you always say mighty Creative Motion Entertainment. I appreciate that. That's yeah. very nice. Well, I'll put spin on anything. Well, you know, we're we're trying to <laughs> trying mean, to bring the you know the Hollywood images to people at a fraction of the cost. It's a great way to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, and as of this taping, now, Sean, we are twenty three weeks and two days away mm. from Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. That's one hundred and sixty three days. <laughs> I like the rubber. Just checked his watch. Yeah, I think I think he's right about that. Yeah, I don't know what sounds better for that. I don't know what sounds better there. But uh, <laughs> join. Oh well, let's introduce our guy here who's chiming in, joining us this month. Because the more the merrier, and I. I've gone to this guy before when we just have to talk Star Wars. Absolutely. He's a Star Wars fan filmmaker and former guest of the movie guys. Back to talk about the adventures of Jin Erso and the gang. It's Robert Reeves. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here, Robert. My pleasure. Excited you're here, man. Happy to be back. We're excited you're here. Yeah, I well, mean, <laughs> and then that's it. That's everything, everybody. You could have talked about you could have talked about any movie, right? In the Star Wars universe, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, a wee bit of Rebels and Clone Wars too. Not that I've seen all of those, but I do have nice. you know I, I have an opinion. So, yep. yeah, but yeah, any of the movies, absolutely. We haven't touched the TV shows here. I mean, that's every once in a while, I will mention Rebels because I like Rebels. Right. I, I don't love Clone Wars as much. Uh, well, it I depends know on which people version. love Clone Wars, and I just can't. I like it. the three-minute versions they used to do. Those, yeah. remember those, the Getty Tartakovsky oh, yeah. or whatever. Uh, they were, they were, they were. That was good attention span for yeah. me. Yeah, I well, you know one. they're doing these interesting uh, little animated pieces on YouTube. Yes, I've seen, seen those. These? Those are they, wonderful. And they're literally taking the sound design from the Star Wars yes. movies and they're animating the moments. And, yes. and the animation's fun and it's like this really cool. I mean, I I think it's a great way to fantastic. introduce young people. To the Star Wars that we grew up with. I think it's on Disney, too. I think it's part of a Disney thing. It is, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, total derailment from our normal... uh, (laughs) No, normally we're derailed. Okay, all right. So we're right on track. Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Quick housekeeping before we get too far into this. Please chime in your thoughts at themovieguys.net, at countdown to nine at gmail.com, or at countdown to nine all over the social media, from your uh, Instagrams to your Twitters, etc. Also, I'm going to jump in and say, for any of your media production needs, especially commercials and, of course, films and videos, music videos, all that stuff, check out creativemotionentertainment.com. If you're looking to do events and that kind of media production, be sure to visit digitalmindproductions.com. That's Paul Preston over there. That's nice. that, See, that's mighty. Nice. See? <laughs> that is mighty. All right. Now, before we get to Rogue One, there's always something big that goes down right when we're taping a show. This is how it is. Either they have Star Wars Celebration or Peter Mayhew dies or oh, we get a trailer. But who knows what? Um, Last time it was uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Is a, but now, uh, slow news month. For <laughs> yeah, I know. Time. It was funny. This morning, somebody I ran into somebody and they were like, did you see the second trailer? And I was like... Did I somehow miss that there was a second trailer for Rise of Skywalker? Holy crap! And I hop on YouTube, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, there it is." I'm like, "No, that's a fan made thing, dude. Uh, that's a that's a fan made yeah. thing." Yeah. And yeah, don't be fooled. Don't yeah. be fooled by the internet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no Mandalorian yet. No yeah. Disney Plus yet. Have they yeah. released a proper 
Mandalorian trailer because everything I've seen has just been people that recorded it at Celebration. That's all there is. Yeah, and it looked pretty it. cool. It looks awesome. And I'll take Favreau helming that thing. Oh my, more than most. Absolutely. They probably should have brought him in earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. I'm. I'll a few movies back. Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, you know, I I I think he's he has a great sense. I mean, he's. He's like he's yeah. he's our generation. Yeah. I mean, he gets that that storyline. He gets. I mean, that's why he's getting these movies. He mm-hmm. gets what that story is, and he also gets the sense of how to ground it and and make it feel honest and truthful and have real moments and have moments of levity and all because he's great at comedy. Oh, I mean, yeah. he just he just gets it all. He's put a good cast together too. So I believe uh, that. Look forward to that first. Yeah, trailer. we'll talk about it. it right here. Yes, we will. But all I saw was as news goes. They may add a sit-down restaurant to Galaxy's Edge. That's about the extent of the news. <laughs> wow. Now, well, as goofy as that is, let me just say, I endorse that. I endorse <laughs> that behavior because the Florida parks kick the ass of the California parks in the sit-down dining. They're just mm. only as Blue Bayou and, like, the... What's the big one based on the old theater over in uh, Disney oh, California? Oh, uh, the Go- Ho- Ho- uh, Golden Horseshoe, right? No, no, nope, that's Vegas. That's Vegas. That. No, that's still <laughs> counter seated. That's right. counter seating over it, though. At, at, whatever it is, it's the it's the one that's the, big, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking you know, about. It's like a yeah, big it's movie right there in, where they in Town Square, yeah, Snow White. Anyway, and then the Vineyard Room; those are all sit down as well. Right. But um, yeah, some new themed sit down dining. You know, where the food kicks ass would be great. Because right now the food is good at Galaxy's Edge, but the atmosphere is great. Mm-hmm. But right. the food is good. Like a combo right. of both where you get to relax for a second. I know they want to move you around and get you back out spending money. But, <laughs> you know, so even though that's all the news there is, I endorse it. Right. Agreed. Great fan. And have you been to Galaxy's Edge yet? I have not. No? Um, I was waiting for the, the public opening thing mainly because if i got tickets i wouldn't know when i could go because of my wife and my kid and mm. all this sort of stuff i was like i'm gonna go by myself probably if i get a reservation so we just decided to wait which shocked my wife she says you don't have tickets like, no, <laughs> no, no tickets so yeah now that it's open to the public we're gonna we're gonna plan a day what do again. you guys think about this conspiracy theory like people are like why is it not busy i have a friend of mine that went again recently and said he was able to ride the millennium falcon ride whatever it's called yeah uh five times um i'm not sure why galaxy's edge isn't busy but it makes sense to me that the rest of the park isn't because everybody's in galaxy's edge yeah it's i agree you've added what 40 acres 40 square acres miles i don't know it's a big section it's not miles it's not miles yeah. okay into the in florida it would be miles in might florida, be. again i said it last week kick out a couple of gators and expand that baby exactly you know here we have like golf courses and freeways and cities yeah, right. and yeah you, you can't, can't there's just so far you can go yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they had to tear down a parking garage for california adventure i right. remember that true but uh I think just everybody went to Galaxy's Edge and it, it freed up the rest of the park. And there are probably people like me who says, ah, "I'll just wait." But you know? the lines, even in Galaxy's Edge, yeah, are supposedly short. And yep. I th- have a feeling that just the hype about how huge it's going to be yep. just scared people off. Scared me. And now walk me too. Ups, I was yeah. the same. I haven't yeah. seen it. So people who planned ahead are scarce, and people who are walking up are going, "Oh well." No right. one planned ahead, so yeah. they walk on in. Yeah, that's yep. my that's my. Belief. I hope it lasts. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. get over there. Okay, um, <laughs> we've been talking a little bit uh, the last two episodes since uh, the first trailer came out, and there was something you said in the last episode, and I forgot to 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 speak to it, which was you said something about uh, we saw her character, uh, the um, what's her name from uh, Carrie Russell. 
Yeah, we saw yeah. a photo oh, in, the trailer, in the, yeah, what, yeah. Vogue. Uh, oh, is it a Vanity photo? Fair. It's yeah. a photo. Okay, yeah. in Vogue. Okay, I didn't Vanity see that. Fair. Okay, yeah. okay. Not Vogue. Because Vogue, would, I, Vogue wouldn't do no, yeah. this. Yeah, Leibowitz, right? <laughs> the Leibowitz. Yeah, yeah that, that whole, yeah. Okay, so that was from the Vanity Fair thing. Because I, at first I thought you were talking about the trailer, and I went back and watched it, and I'm like, did I miss something? I'm missing something. What What did I miss? How did I miss this? And, of course, I didn't miss anything. Yeah, you just, just heard yeah. that Richard E. Grant is in it. You've heard that Carrie Russell's in it. And those photos are where you got our first look yeah, at both got of them. It. Okay, yeah, but she's in helmeted costume. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. I think it's awesome. A yeah. And I like, I like her anyway, so that'll work. A yeah, mystery. I think she's and great casting for, yeah. Yeah. for this yeah. universe. Yeah. I, I think. And for J.J. Abrams. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Absolutely. Totally fits. They're going to work well together. Yep. All right, well, let's get people caught up to speed on just what Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is all about with our patented movie recap. <laughs> this is a new one. Am I overselling it? <laughs> no, uh, no, I like it. I like it. It, it awesome. feels very regal. And I don't think I've ever said this before, though, but uh, it begins, uh, just know, spoilers abound. All right? now. The, well, if they haven't seen it. I, I mean, just it's, saying, a, it's been available on Netflix for. This, although they just took it off, by the I way. Know. They, they, yeah. They, 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 yeah, This fa- this is a fan show. I mean, clearly. Yes. Just, so yes. if you you're coming to it, you probably know what's doing. But if you're new here, just know, yeah, mm. watch the movie first. But you kind of know, you kind of know how it ends. Yeah. Well, I mean, they gave it away in 1977. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- Rogue One begins the way all the others do. It's a peaceful life. It's lonely, I imagine. I said it begins the way all the others do. Oh, I guess it doesn't. Most of them begin with a big Star Wars theme. This is just the guys talking. I guess that's because this movie is a rogue one. (laughs) He used the title in the joke because it's (laughs) that's what it is. (laughs) I'm waiting for you to reach across and go. Stop it! (laughs) I'll I'll have a I'll have a punching you sound effect. Paul, this movie actually begins with the ominous entrance of an officer and a small group of soldiers who arrive at a secluded home in a remote field to question a farmer about the family he is hiding. Sean, I don't want to doubt you, but I'm pretty sure you just described the opening of Inglorious Bastards. Well, in Rogue One, the milk is blue. <laughs> Good call. What's actually happening is the Imperial officer Orson Krennic is trying to coax weapons developer Galen Urso away from the peaceful farming life. <laughs> Back to the Empire. Uh, to build weapons. Much like Inglorious Bastards, I guess, the farmer's daughter escapes, yeah. but not before witnessing her mother's murder at the hands of the Empire. Galen is taken, and Jin is raised by the head of a radical faction of the rebels, Saw Guerrera. Better call Saw. I think that's Saw. Saw Guerrera. Uh, Jin's an adult. Uh, years later, the, the film just cuts to what is it, thirteen fifty? We see different numbers online for um, that. Uh, yeah, I was I looking it up. There were a couple different. I think it was. T- I think she says 15 at one point. Okay, we'll go with Well, Jin's an adult, and she finds herself in an Empire prison work camp. Here's the Emperor talking about it. We're going to keep families together, but we still have to maintain toughness, or our country will be overrun. Uh, Where she is freed by a group of rebels and brought to a base where she meets Mothra. Hang on. Mon Mothma. Sorry, Mon Mothma. <laughs> Mon Mothma. And learns that her father is indeed alive, but he has been creating the ultimate weapon in the universe. This is my boomstick! <laughs> no, that's wrong. Actually, it's the Death Star. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Guerrera. My brother's gonna kill us. He's gonna kill us. He's gonna kill you and he's gonna kill me. He's gonna kill us. <laughs> Has recently been contacted by an Imperial pilot named Bodie, Bodie Rook who brings news of the Death Star in a message from Galen Erso. Meanwhile, back at the farm, Cassian Andor, a rebel spy, leads the adventure to get Jin to Saw, along with a reprogrammed Imperial droid, K2SO. Please, call me Johnny Five. <laughs> they head to Jeddah. The Volkswagen Jetta. No, it's different. Sometimes That's everything not it. just comes together. That's not it. It's a planet. Oh to find Saw and find out that the Empire has been mining kyber crystals. They also meet up with warriors Chimya Imwe and his mercenary friend Baze Malbus. <laughs> what a great name. Jin makes contact with Guerrera, who shows her the message from Galen, in which he reveals he has secretly built a weakness into the Death Star and tells them to retrieve the schematics from an Imperial data bank on the planet Scarif. Scarif? They're going to Scarif? Why does nobody ever tell me anything, Artu? On the Death Star, Krennic <laughs> orders a low-powered test shot which destroys Jeddah's capital. Jin and her group take Rook and flee the moon, but Guerrera remains to die with the city. I'm tired of fighting. In the meantime, a computered Grand Moff Tarkin congratulates Krennic on blowing up a city, but then uses Rook's defection and security leak as a pretext to take control of the project. I'm the captain now. While Rook leads the rebel group to Galen's Imperial Research Facility on the planet Edu, where Cassian is set to kill Galen. Wait, what? Yeah. That was his secret mission. But he decides not to. Oh, thank God. But then they're attacked by rebel bombers. Wait, what? What was what? Oh, I should have mentioned that the rebels lose contact with Jin and her crew and plan to bomb the Edu base, unaware there would be rebel casualties. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egan. <laughs> Galen is wounded and dies in his daughter's arms before she escapes with her group on board a stolen Imperial cargo shuttle. Krennic is summoned by Darth Vader to answer for the attack on Edu. Krennic seeks his support for an audience with the Emperor, but Vader instead orders him to ensure no further breaches occur. Be careful not to choke on your aspirations, Director. <laughs> <laughs> Jin proposes a plan to steal the Death Star schematics using the Rebel fleet, but fails to gain approval of the Alliance Council. We've got to protect our phony baloney job, gentlemen. We must do something about this immediately, immediately, immediately. Harumph, 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 harumph. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Give the governor harumph. Harumph. You watch your ass. Anyway, the council feels victory against the Empire is now impossible. Well, that's great. That's just f***ing great, man. Jin's group leads a small squad of rebel volunteers to raid the databank themselves, arriving at Scarif on the stolen Imperial ship, which Rook dubs Rogue One. And we have a title! Yay! On Scarif, a disguised Jin and Cassian enter the base with K2SO, while the other rebels attack the resident Imperial garrison as a diversion. The rebel fleet learns of the raid from intercepted Imperial communications and deploy in support, gearing up for a big-time fight. And now, Paul, and all of our listeners and watchers, Countdown to Nine is proud to present How They Die. 
K2SO sacrifices himself so Jin and Cassian can access a control room to retrieve the Death Star plans. Imway is killed after activating the Master Switch to allow communication with the Rebel fleet. Malbus dies in battle shortly afterwards. Rook is killed by a grenade after informing the Rebel fleet that it must deactivate the shield surrounding the planet to allow the transmission of the Death Star schematics. Jin and Cassian get the plans and transmit the schematics to the Rebel command ship, but they are ambushed by Krennic, who is eventually shot and wounded by Cassian. The Death Star kills Krennic, Cassian, and Jin. Dorn, that's the end. The Rebel fleet prepares to jump to hyperspace, but many of the fleet's ships are intercepted by Vader's flagship. Vader boards the Rebel command ship and attempts to regain the plans, and it goes about this well for the Rebels. It goes on a while. I guess he can yeah. still just go on. Best like, scene of the movie, really. Yeah, yeah. But. but one ship escapes, and the plans are received by Princess Leia, who declares that the plans will provide hope. There you go, and that's Rogue One. A new hope, in fact, which is... Uh, yeah. Hey! Hey! Yeah. Exciting, exciting. Very much. Okay. Right out of the gate. Were you excited to see this film? Yeah, I think so. Um, I remember thinking what a brilliant idea to take one sentence out of the, the crawl opening crawl in New Hope and make a movie out of it. Yeah. I, I actually made a movie myself out of one tiny little stupid idea. Is that the... <laughs> Not uh, John Knowles was a stupid idea, but what? The... the I forgot the name of it. The, uh, the second, cheap uh, Seats. Yes. Yeah. Where one guy in the back of the throne yes. ceremony can't yeah, yeah. see and his adventures. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. Thank you I very mean, much. your your banter... <laughs> ongoing banter. Yeah, it's just we'll one we'll have to pull a, a moment from Please that. Please do. Just, it's because just, it's, it, it's just hilarious. It's just and one long monologue. I really love that you come in with food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's an event. He's, <laughs> Can you hold the, He's um, late because he was at the snack bar, and, and he's all you, ready to see whatever you it is he's going to do a great see. job in that film. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much. It's... Uh, I'm very, I'm very proud of that. But you were excited. You were, you were. Happy I was to very see. excited. Um, it's weird how people, and I know we'll talk about this, but how people are upset about what's going on with Star Wars. I'm always excited to see a new Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. You know, and when they said we're going to do individual stories, that's not about the Skywalkers, and I'm going, great, more movies. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, I rarely go to films with a bunch of people, but I remember I went with a group this time, and we all had a really good time, all varying ages, too, kids nice. who were not alive when the prequels came yep. out, you know, that, that kind of stuff, and it was fun. It was a lot nice. of fun. Did yeah. the kids have, did you have to talk about death with the kids after? <laughs> did they already <laughs> yeah, come right? in knowing about death? Uh, I think they knew about it. Uh, they knew about it a little bit. Yeah. And I, I believe my daughter has seen this one, too. We, we, mm. we went back and forth about what order to show them in. Do we start with four? Do we start with one? Right. Do we do... Clone Wars, do we, right. you know, what do we do? Well, that's what we talked about when we started this was like, well, are we going to start? Yeah. Are we going to do chron chronological? Or yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like, let's do chronological. Chronological, you know? I think it's a great way to do it, actually. And because and, you kind of save <laughs> the best for last. Yeah. I think it at yeah. least our best for middle. And yeah. uh, the, uh, <laughs> Um, the fact that I think we took we took her to see it because it's a Star Wars movie in the theater. It was right. like, well, you want to see this in the theater. That's how and I was could, with Force Awakens with yeah, my daughter. Yeah, so, Force yeah, Awakens yeah. the same way. It's like, and you know, oh, and Solo. My uh, daughter went to see Solo, and nice. you guys talked about that last time. And That's actually a really good kids movie, I think. I thought it was, uh, too. Yeah. And she was so concerned about Chewbacca. 
And oh. she's like, is he going to be okay? Is he going to be okay? Oh, and I, says, I guarantee, out of everybody in this movie, I guarantee you Chewbacca makes it. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty sure Han makes it too. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but Chewbacca is going to make it. And when they, meet, wow. when they meet in the pit down there, she goes, I'm scared, I'm scared. I said, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be really good. I, I heard about this, how they meet, and you know, life debt and all that sort of stuff. Watch. And then Chewbacca comes out and they hug it. You know, wow. But you normally it. feel pretty good about everybody coming out of it. I mean, who who do we yeah. lose in, in Star Wars 1977? Ben. Yeah, really. And so, but when you come into Rogue One, like, ah, these are well, all heroes. Your a new set of your character's brother from your film, we yeah. lost, or co- co- <laughs> uncle or cousin, or uh, whatever it was. Uh, what was Por- it? Porgsley or cousin? Por- my cousin Porkins. Porkins. Yeah. My cousin. Porkins. My cousin Porkins. Yeah. Porkins yeah. Oh, it's oh, true. We lost fighter pilots. We lost fighter pilots. But there's, I mean, in, in this one too, there's another Red Five who goes down too. So I was, yeah. I was really sad to see that. But we, if we, <laughs> when we get to that point, we can talk about. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, I do want to say you mentioned about the death. Uh, I have some young relatives. Uh, that were really struck by the, yeah. the dying in Rogue One. Like, they were like, I hate this movie. I hate this movie. I wow. don't ever want to see it again. Oh, my gosh. So upsetting. Now they like it, but, but like, right after they saw it, they were like, I don't know. I can't. I don't like that movie at all. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that really viscerally. Sure, sure you didn't that. show them Prince of Persia because I don't want to see that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was it, it was, was a much yeah. better game. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, so the the death definitely struck me uh, in these. Well, I, I mean, as an adult, I will admit I was surprised that people were dying, but I got yeah. to a certain point. I'm go, oh, they're not supposed to make it off. Okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we lose the robot. And we go, oh, okay, the droid's gone. That's all right. But then we started to lose the other guys. And go, Oh, now I get it. Now, yeah. When they down. say transmitted, I'm thinking she's going to physically take the thing <clears throat> to the ship. It's like, no, transmitted to the ship by Rebel Spy. Oh, it goes through the... They don't have to get off. So originally, they did physically. They were physically taking it. In, um, in, I did a little bit of research yeah, about the, the, original, the previous right. uh, edit and what they had originally shot. That, because there's actually a whole sequence that's in the early an early trailer. Where, where they're running on the beach, right? Yeah, they're running on yeah. the beach, and they have the yeah, plan. I've hands. seen that shot. Yeah, yeah and they, they shot. literally had, and so the idea was they were physically going to take the plans. I think they were going to be the only ones who were going to get yeah, off. Yeah, that somebody was going to actually make I it. I still wish they would have been the only ones to get off and that she would have been raised mother and all of that stuff. I love that. Oh, that would have been nice. I think that would have connected everything in a beautiful way and would have been really interesting and stuff yeah but, that um, could have worked yeah but I, I i the reason i bring i brought it up originally were you excited to see this was because i i was excited to see it mm-hmm. um maybe slightly less because it wasn't a i guess a saga film or whatever right. you know but but i was i was interested i was very interested to see what what is this disney a star wars story you know what is it going to be how oh, are yeah. you know how are they going to make it and stuff and my one of the first things I said to my wife after after we watched it, she's like, "So, what'd you think? Did you did you like it?" And I was like, "You know, I think it's a really, really well made film," and I felt like it was the first Star Wars movie to me that just it didn't. I hate to say it, but it, my initial reaction was it didn't matter it, in terms of my enjoyment of Star Wars. Hmm. Like I could watch it or I could not. It doesn't. It, it wouldn't take away from my enjoyment of Star Wars. All right. I, I think it's a fantastically made film. And if it was like the only, like if, if all the other Star Wars movies didn't exist and this was, an, was like an only, my only sense of what Star Wars was, it'd be like, that's an awesome movie. <laughs> so I think it's a great film. But, but that was my first reaction was like, yeah, but I just hmm. don't know how much it matters. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. It's the only one I've seen twice from the Disney Star Wars. Mm. Is that what we're calling them now? Just Disney Star Wars? Disney Star, Star Wars. Wars and Disney, then Disney Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I did see Force Awakens twice, but it took a while. This one, I went back to watch it again. I, I mean, because I, I, I love the original trilogy. You'll find that out. 
next week yes. when we get there. <laughs> yes. Again, we're going chronologically. Yeah. <clears throat> and so this harkened back to that time and reflected mm, those absolutely. great films that I loved. And um, and I got excited because I went to Celebration in Anaheim in 2015 and saw the Force Awakens trailer. And then the next day they had a teaser for this, um, which was nothing except like they hadn't even announced what they're making. They're just doing standalones. So they had like a shot of the horizon and then just slowly like uh, into focus the Death Star appears Ooh. and you're like what's going on a guy came out and said here's what we're doing and I was like ah, you know so that's pretty cool uh, that's pretty, pretty cool yeah, yeah. <clears throat> totally yeah, different so. experience too though I mean because you were at this celebration I'm sure the feeling was you know excitement and all of that stuff so that's cool though mm-hmm. yeah 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 and and we were talking before we started taping about uh returning to last week's show about Sean's claim that Solo was not a flop this was not a flop. No, Definitely no question not. about it. No, so no. 200, and two, or 200 to $265 million budget have seen varying reports. Yep. Um, Which, by the way, if you say 265 uh, Solo was 270 right? I think that's the most expensive, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, that's only slightly shy of this, and they had to make Solo almost twice. Just saying. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, they made it twice. Um, although, by the way, the original in, one of the original intents, I think, uh, from what I had heard, uh, in in production uh, with regard to Rogue One was that they also wanted to explore trying to make these movies for less. Although um. I, I don't, so I don't know what the two sixty five actually represents. They, they, it, they, yeah, but clearly they brought in Godzilla director yeah. Gareth Edwards <laughs> yeah. and not Monsters director right. Gareth Edwards. Isn't isn't that that's the uh, Star Trek formula? You make every odd movie for less than you made right. the, the even movies, and well, what oh. do you know? It's not a better. Well, they well that showed. I I, I was going to try really <laughs> hard not to bring up Star Trek, but um, yeah, the the odd ones were not as good because they tried to save money on each one. According to William Shatner, at least that, and the That's even ones were good because they threw more money at it. Okay, we made a lot of money. Let's spend less, and you know, then you get five. So it's just you know, Spock, what was the one where Spock they went to San, Fran- God. San Francisco? That's Star Trek Five: Spock shoots God in the, the face. San Francisco one. Yeah. What was the San Francisco? Uh, Voyage Home. Four, Voyage Home. Yeah, four. four. That was great. Yeah. And it was a wonderful movie. They probably saved a ton of money by it was, filming it. It on was fun. So. It was a fun movie. Yeah. I would say it was a fun. Yeah. Movie. I, I actually really liked Search for Spock. Here, look at us talking about Star Trek on a Star Wars show. My, Let's do it. My, come on. My bad. But no, you no, no. You're good. It, you're you good. think about it. The Nicholas Meyer ones, two, four, and six. You know, yeah. Uh, two that he directed, one that he helped write, were some of the best ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's got a really good attitude. Yeah. About it. Uh, so five hundred million is what Rogue One goes on to make domestically. Oh, and, wow. and a billion worldwide. So Star. I still say even with Solo, um, being a, a, you know, chink in the armor. If, if, if you're going to spend 200 to 265 million dollars only do it for Marvel or Star Wars <laughs> those are sure bets yeah right, you know right, so, right, yeah right. although uh, is it Star Wars that is not popular I think in China like it there's there, there's there I think it's China that there there's a country that's like they just don't care about Star Wars at all and it does not do well in that country. I think, and I think it's China. Okay, I, I could. Do be they wrong. have movie theaters in China? They do. <laughs> they make a lot of you movies know, for yeah, China. They make a lot of movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. So this is a dumb piece of crap. But China eleven. Next thing you know, makes hundred million overseas. All right, right, right. Can anybody say Fast and Furious? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are huge overseas. Yeah, Those yeah. are huge overseas. Yeah. So let's uh, so let's talk about the story. It's um, you know. I think people love it because people love dark Star Wars. They just yep. do. What's your favorite original trilogy? Empire. Uh, it's, yeah, dark, it's dark. And yeah. So right. they love this one, uh, too, for that reason. Um, 
And I think the story gets set up a little wonky pace-wise. You know, watching it again recently, it's kind of like, here's a scene, then Giacchino's score takes him to the next location. Here's a scene, then Giacchino's score takes him to the next yeah. location. And then when they get into the heist, that's when it kind of gets into into motion. To I be think. honest, last I watched it again recently as well, and I was like, when are they going to get to the heist? <laughs> I, I, I just remember, don't they go to the planet and they take the thing and they're done? I was like, oh, there's all this, there's this, all this stuff. Lead there, into All it. this lead up, Saw Gerrera, there's a whole scene with Saw Gerrera, and I'm like, oh, that's right. right. Forrest Whitaker's in this, you know? <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't, I, know, I didn't not enjoy it, but I just went, oh, there's a whole lot of other movie before yeah. what I remember the movie well, being about. Well, there is, and I will, you know, what th- these podcasts are mostly love fest but i'm always a guy who chimes in with something that i gotta shake my fist at the clouds about and there is a penchant for these movies to be overwritten it's almost like lawrence kasdan or whoever follows in his wake in this case seven writers you know uh throw a bunch of stuff at the screen then peel away what they don't want and instead of they should take a cue from south park south park writes their shows uh they never write this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. They say this happened, therefore this happens, therefore this happens, and you know for a dopey cartoon show mm. that's a pretty sound methodology methodology for writing. Yeah, and uh, so here you always get all these movies have scenes you could just take out and they don't mean anything. Like Poe Dameron, for example, <sighs> take him out of the Force Awakens entirely. Movie doesn't change. So they didn't bring him mm. in to really give him anything to like affect the, the change of the film entirely. Mm. Canto bite. Last Jedi, take it out. No, no one's the wiser. It's a complete waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here they have a whole creature that comes up to uh, Rook, and so Sagarera goes, "It's going to suck your brain out, and he, but the and he'll he'll get the truth out of you." But you might go mad. So they suck his the bra- the they put the things inside of his head and they suck his memory out and they get the truth out of him. Then he doesn't go mad. Doesn't go no, mad. Why did we bring it up that he goes mad if we're not going to do it? Well, I would argue that he does go mad for a short time. For a they, second, they, they go, "You're a pilot," and he goes, "Oh yeah," and he's back. <laughs> I don't know. I just think this kind of stuff. I don't know. You take I that feel out, like it's motivated. You but, take that but, out. Movies not worse. And so those are the type of things I think you could just lose in these films. Well, I think what you're touching on is something that bothers me about these films, and that is there's a sense to me that that there's a there's a group think uh, in big corporations, you know, like Disney, Mm -hmm. where they're going, okay, let's gonna we're gonna have a meeting about Star Wars, (laughs) and we're gonna talk about what makes a Star Wars movie, and and we're gonna spitball. What makes a Star Wars movie? So they got their, you know, their dry erase board behind them. And like somebody's like, uh, always has a droid. Great, always has a droid. All right. Um, there's a big conflict. Okay, there's a big conflict. Okay. Um, somebody wants something. Okay. Uh, maybe there's love. You know, whatever it is. R2 right. R two and three PO. Yeah. R two. R two and three PO. Very good. That's very good. You get a gold star. You're gonna not have to buy lunch today. I mean, you know, all. Of, so I bring that up because I feel like that's part of what you're seeing. Is is. The people who are making these films are, for the most part, of our generation. They have a love for these films as well. And so they are bringing to the table the things that maybe they notice, they Mm. see, they love about these movies. And some of those things for us as fans are awesome. They're like all these little tidbits, you know. Um, But then they're also like start to feel, to me, formulaic. And maybe that was what I felt at the end of watching Rogue One, Mm. was that I felt like I had... I had seen something that was um, perhaps formulaic. Wow. See, I thought by the end they had taken so many risks, especially with character death, that uh, they avoided that. But 
I would agree that they're, it's not not formulaic in terms of not formulaic in terms of this is uh, oh their a, their formula. It's their formula yeah. for a Star Wars film. Now, certainly not in terms of the story. They took awesome risks. I mean, I I, I love the risks they took. I, I mean, you know, who would have thought that all these people were gonna die right. and the way they die, I mean, like on the beach and like the you know, we're just gonna watch ourselves <laughs> die, you know. Uh, and by the way, I love that moment. It's a nice Mainly moment. because it's it's not a romantic moment. It's a it's a friend moment. It's a friend moment. It's a friend yeah. moment. And it's still love, which yeah. I think is brilliant, quite yeah. frankly. So and that does speak to the brilliance of the film. So I don't want to sound like I'm I'm dogging it. I, I was doing a brief uh, tangent to just say I wish you could take that scene out of the movie. It's unnecessary. And yeah. there's a lot of that. And right. uh, in in the, the universe as a whole in Disney Star Wars. Well, I would like to see them stop putting in robots. I would like, I mean, I mean, as main characters all the time, like, I, I just, I feel like they're like, oh, well, there's always a C-3PO, or there's always a, there's always a robot, you know, so, okay, we gotta have the, we gotta have BB-8, okay, now we've gotta have K-2SO, okay, now we, you know, uh, Solo had the, uh, Lando's, uh, yeah, Lando's robot, mm, I forgot her yeah, name. Who, um, who got put in the ship. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was great, and a great motivation, and it totally worked, and again, it was like, you know, script-wise, brilliant, 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 but mm. at the same token, there, they, as soon as I, I was sitting in the theater watching that, I was like, Really, another robot like well, character? Way, like, uh, okay, I guess. The way I understood it is, K two S O was supposed to be the anti three P O. Yes, that he yes. was a black version of three P O. Literally, they drew him originally as a black version of three P O, yes. and then that he was everything that three P O wasn't. Yes, you know, and I think. Yeah. I don't know if that was necessary to the story or anything, but I, that was certainly what I understand they wanted in the film. He, uh, it was played brilliantly. Yes, Alan Tudyk. I mean, you never yes. have a, a bad movie, uh, entirely bad movie, when you have Alan Tudyk That's or right. Ben Mendelsohn in it. Yeah, I mean, so two good casting choices. There. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was. It was. I, I think it was played brilliantly. I think that. I think. The character of K2SO was was great and engaging, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, and and even when he died, you actually like, oh my god, oh my god. like oh, you actually yeah. felt something for this robot. Yikes. So as much as I, you know, am complaining about it, I'm also heralding it as fantastically brilliant. So I'm <laughs> I'm the yin and yang of myself. Oh, and if you <laughs> if you like uh, the Animal Kingdom, the old movie, and or the tel television show Bloodline, then you're a Ben Mendelsohn fan. And I like it's an awkward word, but the Ben Mendelsohn sons. <laughs> is that a thing? Like oh, a renaissance for Ben? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, the fact that he's coming to his oh. own now, he, he's nothing but blockbusters for right. this guy with uh, play, Ready Player One and uh, Rogue One and uh, one I'm forgetting. Right. There <laughs> you another, go. Another one. <laughs> but they're blockbusters. Can, can I, can I uh, uh, take a tangent? Sure. Uh, speaking of Alan Tudyk, my wife and I saw this wonderful play last night at the Geffen Playhouse called Mysterious Circumstances. Was he in it? He, Alan Tudyk played Sherlock Holmes in this, but he also played, and somebody I did not know was a person until uh, I was introduced to him, and it's going to take about 12 pages to get into the cast. Let me see. Um, he played a character called Richard Lansling Green, who apparently was like the expert on Sherlock Holmes, a real person that mm. lived and was, was, you know, the kind of, we talked about earlier, the kind of person that you could talk to, and he would just, talk about right. Sherlock Holmes and right. whatever and he actually died under mysterious circumstances mm. spoiler alert if you haven't seen the wow. play yet uh, but Alan Tudyk plays both characters plays um, Green and Sherlock Holmes investigating Green's death oddly enough and their flashbacks it's, it's a weird thing uh, but I, I reaffirm my fanness of Alan Tudyk from this play, saying how brilliant yes. he is. Not only just the voices he uses for the characters, he's got a, a very Jeremy Brett-esque Sherlock Holmesy voice in it, but also the fact that 
he's just wonderful. He's just a wonderful yeah. actor to watch, and you know, and in in live in theater, and we've seen him live a couple of times in other mm. like Spam a lot. We got to That's see him. That's awesome. In and, you got to stuff. see that. We got yeah. The he one was, I wish he I saw. He, he was that Lancelot in the show we saw. Yeah, so. the, the one I wish I saw was uh, Bunny Bunny, uh, which is the Alan Zweibel's book where he it's two characters talking it's he and gilda radner he was an oh. snl writer who wrote for wrote many of the great sketches for gilda my wife and i did that play and there's a third character who comes in as well there's a third actor who comes in as like 30 different characters during all the different scenes that alan and gilda play wow. out in, in the play um and yeah he did it uh bruno kirby was alan i think in the off-broadway original production mm. and uh, i would love to have seen him oh, play wow. 30 characters yeah. i mean how great would he have been yeah you yeah. know and i'm sure he was and yeah. this was a play where the other five or six people played all the other characters in this too oh, including okay. watson oh, that's and cool. different things and like uh, a trunk show type and there's thing. a there's times where it's it's very kirk fighting kirk Star Trek again, Kirk fighting Kirk, <laughs> where um, Green, where Green and Green and Sherlock Holmes are on stage at the same time. He has a brilliant double in the play that looks even front on looks just like Alan Tudyk. So it was, you know, he's on the, you know, they meet each other and they're the same actor essentially. Brilliant. It was, it was done. Last. Anyway, I wanted to mention that since we're talking about Alan Tudyk, I'm yeah. a and big of course fan, uh, so. Firefly. I mean, he's, oh, yes. he's great. Uh, since we're talking about Alan Tudyk and we're talking about the performances in the film in general, I just think the cast in Rogue One is tremendous. Very in good. general, I yeah. mean, and, and uh, uh, I mean, just all of them are just they are absolutely incredible. And and I think they bring a reality to it that we haven't, like, just a level of acting and a level of like performance. And it's something that we've talked a lot about with the prequels. That for me, the thing that was m the biggest thing that was missing with the prequels. Um, Han from, Solo. <laughs> Han Solo. Yes. Um, yes. Was any sense of real stakes? I never, well, ever yeah. really felt like these characters really felt like they were in trouble, with the mm -hmm. exception of Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor, uh, <laughs> and sometimes uh, uh, Hayden Christensen. I, he definitely was, you know, exploring and finding things and yeah. stuff like that. But but there was a lot of, and of course, um, uh, Palpatine. Um, who's amazing always, but but yes. uh, but there was so much of a sense of like ah, I don't feel the stakes. I don't feel like I don't feel like you're gonna. You think you're gonna die? I feel like you're gonna be okay. <laughs> part of the part of the problem with the prequels is you kind of know who's going to survive by the end. You know, no True. matter no matter how much trouble Obi Wan gets in, yeah, I know he's gonna make it at least one more movie. Yeah, you know. But yeah, Liam Neeson, he was a total wild card. I was like, oh, why, why haven't we heard of him before? Right. Oh, okay, because yeah. <laughs> he didn't make it. Yeah, dead. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the third uh, blockbuster Ben Mendelsohn was in was Captain Marvel. Of course, he's in oh. that. He's a, uh, He's one of the. Uh, I want to say the scrolls. He is. Yeah, okay. yeah I, I remember. Okay. Also. <laughs> okay. Love Captain Marvel. One of my faves. Me yeah. too. One of my yes, faves. Me Absolutely too. Absolutely love that movie. Now, uh, I, I'm down on Rogue One again. Trust me, I like it. But I wish an actor played Darkin. I'm just gonna say, I wish an actor. He kind of did, but he was computered. Okay. To death. But it was his voice and body, though, wasn't it? It was his voice, and it, well, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it really was his performance because yeah. it was motion capture. Yeah, you know, so really, it was his performance. Again, it I wish it was a guy who, when you see him staring at the Death Star, 
turns around to the camera and goes, hey, hey, I kind of look like Peter Cushing. Can we get on with the movie? Because I couldn't sometimes. I looked at him like, this this weird robot face with the computers. You-, you know, and then we see Mon Mothma. They didn't take the old that Mon Mothma true. computer her. They just got another actress, and we went fine. In fact, they got an actress that looked on. A a hell lot. of a lot. I mean, like, she looks so much yeah. like her. If like, they can find that, two you know. Alan Tudyks for your stage show, they can get another, <laughs> they can get another target. There's a guy out there who looks like Peter Cushing. Well, know? did you see the makeup job they did in episode three when he's standing there next to Vader and Palpatine, Palpatine yes. looking at the yes. skeleton of the Death Star? If you see a close-up picture, I mean, from far back, I was like, oh, okay, that's Peter Cushing. If you see the makeup up close, it's it's hideous. Oh, it's, yeah, really? it's it's cheekbones out to here and sunken eyes oh, yeah, and everything. You know, I thought that. Yeah, I I thought that did horrible. not. Yeah, I didn't think it looked good at all. No, the yeah. makeup the makeup was not the way to go on that. Yeah. And um, I, I I kind of agree with you a little bit. I love mm-hmm. seeing Tarkin, but every once in a while I'm going no. Let's get a guy to play him. I yeah. distract him because he's good in it. He's almost a little too steely. He's almost like you know he never. <laughs> moved or, or, you know, it, it, but I, I well, I'm it. sure that was a that probably was a direction. You know, like we're already gonna have to do all of this stuff with your face. Yeah, the more you move, the more work <laughs> we have to do. It was, so. like, it was almost like watching Anton Ego in the uh, in the Empire Ratatouille reference for the kids. Nice. <laughs> All two of them watching. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all oh, right, yeah. so let's talk about the making of this movie right. because oh, it, okay. it, much like Solo last yep. week, these standalones can't catch a break and just be a director's vision beginning to end. It yep. has to be a whole bunch of nonsense. And so this had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, first of all, you mentioned John Knoll came up with the idea yes. like ten years before this was ever a thing, um, and a good idea at that. Mm-hmm. And John Knoll, legend, right? So you listen to him, and finally that it came to uh, fruition. Um, Chris Wheats, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't know if it's Wheats or Whites. I've never pronounced it. I've only seen it in writing. But uh, that getting him to write this script eventually, after a number of other people came in and out of the, the scene, uh, is a total move right out of Marvel. Because Chris Wheats directed America, or he wrote American Pie. You know, he wrote like one of the Twilight movies mm. and some other stuff. So he's he's like choosing the guy who made the breakup to direct Ant-Man or the guy who made right. Sinister to make right. Doctor Strange. These are great Marvel risky choices that just work because you have Kevin Feige running the ship. I, I wonder if Kathleen Kennedy has a has as firm a grasp as she would like over this whole franchise because they keep getting into these stumbles with the standalones where you can't get a guy who's the right choice and you can't, she doesn't seem to be seeing the whole thing through to the end. I don't know. What do you think about that? She gets a lot of blame for it, regardless of she whether does. she got. She they, does. they blame her for the non-success of Solo, and you know, and and I'm like, and oh, weren't they asking for her resignation or firing or whatever at some point? The the diehard star, oh, for the for the Last Jedi, for saying, oh, that was terrible. She should be fired or whatever. And I'm like, well, first of all, I don't think it was just her. Second of all, I don't it think it never it's a, is. I, I don't think it, it's a bad movie anyway. I mean, no. Last Jedi, but yeah, and it never is. And I don't think it comes down to one person. No. Uh, movies are made by hundreds of people, and I, I don't Especially know. Especially even in the creative stage. I mean, there's there's uh, there's artwork and concepts yeah. and meetings and yeah. group. I mean, again, group think. Hey, what do you think? Of, I mean, it's that. It is that. I mean, that's sort of where it lives. And ultimately, does it have to be? Because we were just talking about Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And that's his vision. Like, he makes his movies, and that's his thing. Well, but be- if, if you come into a franchise, then you just got to let that go, and you have to yeah. uh, submit to the will of the company group mind. Well, Robert Rodriguez, his buddy, is the same way. He's start to finish. That's his baby. He works down in Texas and does it all his own. But he got in trouble for uh, it was either Sin City 
I think it was for Sin City. He wanted Frank Miller to direct, uh, to co-direct with him. The DGA said, and I uh, fact check me if I'm wrong. The DGA said, no, we can't do it. And he says, fine, I quit. He did. Yeah. You know, I, I've I, read that. I quit. I quit. Frank's going to do this. We're doing our thing. And and they're like, oh, okay, we can't stop you. But yeah, when you get into a franchise, you get into a Disney movie period regardless of it being star wars or, or marvels you've got certain standards you've got to adhere to and so many people to answer to i would assume and yeah how do you preserve that vision as a director if you got all these people telling you what you have to do well here's the question i mean you know we go back and forth a lot and, and probably even longer discussion when we get to it but you know uh the last jedi is a great example of this because a lot of people say well the last jedi failed because it's it's ryan johnson's it's you know he wrote and directed it and it's it's his fault he's he did it and i always argue okay jj abrams is listed as the executive producer i'm pretty sure he read the script and i'm and i know for a fact that ryan johnson was writing the script while they were working on the force awakens i'm pretty sure they talked well, you guys, a couple talked, of times. you guys talked about the you dice know. in the last episode. Yeah. How that was all supposed to carry through. Yeah, how that was going to carry through. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like, that you know, so the, to your point, you know, can there be a singular person who can come in and create a vision? It's a, it's a tough question. I think the answer lies in them finishing out the Skywalker saga. <laughs> I, I really Just do. Moving I, on yeah, from I think there. I think that the the, Ma- the Mandalorian really is going to be in some ways a, a, a test, a, a, a big test because right. I think it, it cuz doesn't it take it takes place during the original trilogy of Star Wars, right? I do not know. I I uh, think in between in between uh, the 3rd and the 4th and 7. Oh, is it that? Okay. I think in between 6 and 7, but I'm not positive. Okay. But but either way, you know, they want it, I mean, it's going to be something over here, you know, which Rogue One kind of is, kind of not, kind of is, kind of not, mm-hmm. you know. Um so I think that's really what they're I I think they're I think once that happens, you can have like John Favreau, you can have somebody come in and be like, "Great guys, this is the vision for this series." All right, let's go. You know, yeah, I think yeah. until this gets finished out, that's why. Like some people are like, "Oh, I really wish they would do." I don't know. I heard somebody recently say, "I wish they would do a Princess Leia standalone film." I wish they would do. You know, somebody's like, "I wish I, I wish they would do a Boba Fett." I wish they would do this. And it's like, honestly, as much as I love those characters, I don't. I I I think that it's it. it, it you're only going to get people who are really angry if you don't get it right and and to their version of what that's supposed to be or or you're or maybe you're going to get something close but you're I, I just think it's mm. dangerous so i think the safest thing is for them to like let's finish this out and i hope that rise of skywalker is 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 as yeah. great as i hope it to be so would you say no to a black widow movie uh we're talking marvel black yeah. widow yeah. isn't isn't that in production or yeah. about to Come out I've heard. I've yeah. heard they're working on something. But I, I don't know. If no, the, I, would, I don't know if I, the Phase Four has been announced yet. I, I honestly, Comic Con's going to handle that. I uh-huh. honestly would love a Black Widow movie because I think she's superbly interesting, and Scarlett Johansson's great in in the role. Um, I think I think it's an interesting character to yeah. to explore. But I think, but I also think this is the danger. Star Wars is not Marvel, and I think that they are. I think that Disney is finding that out the hard way. Everybody's I, trying to Marvel their franchise. They're trying to Marvelize <laughs> their Only franchise. Marvel, and, DC and, tried and yeah, and 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 look, Marvel is a unique entity, and and uh, my understanding is Kevin Feige or, or however you say his Feige? last name, Feige. Feige. Yeah. Um, 
you know, is is really the mastermind behind the the twenty years of movies and all of this stuff, and really had this like you know overall concept of where this where how these were going to tie together. Maybe not all the details, but you know, an overall sense. You know, you're talking about trying to tie together stuff that was, you know, the original Star Wars movie was really made as a standalone film. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the fact that it was successful meant there was going to be a sequel and then the sequel was successful. And, you know, I mean, so there there was a lot of like, oh, let's keep going, you know. Um, so there isn't really a great connective tissue uh, other than the overall story of like, you know, with Skywalker right. and the Jedi. I mean, the, the, the elements are kind of there, but it's not the same as the Marvel Universe. So I think there are things like, and we've talked about it in the last episode, too many Star Wars movies back to back. I don't think Star Wars fans are used to that, and I don't think they want it. Cause how- I think they want to be, for lack of a better word, uh, uh, uh I can't even think of another word. They want to be titillated. They want to be like, oh, it's it's coming. It's it. Oh, oh, there's some pictures. I found some pictures online of the new Star <laughs> Wars film. There's like two pictures. They came out. Oh my god. I mean, like when Force Awakens was in 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 uh, development and per, and they had the first uh, script reading and they came out with that black and white picture, yeah. which was a throwback to everything we loved about the '70s Star Wars. And you know, it's all black and white. And you're like, you're seeing like, oh my god, there's the cast. Like, who the hell does this person play? And like, wait, you know, it reveals nice. nothing. You yeah. know, like there's R2D2 in a box in that picture, <laughs> and it reveals nothing. So. I think there there are certain little things to learn about the Star Wars franchise that are different. Can I so. ask? Can I ask you? I want to ask a question to you and your millions of listeners uh, as well. <laughs> millions. That's, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's tens, just us hitting. Watch again. T- tens watch of again. tens of millions. Sorry. <laughs> um, in this all bots, all day, bots. <laughs> in this day and age, where people binge watch things. Okay, Stranger Things three just came out. Right. I've heard from people, they've already seen it. They watched the yes. whole thing, it's already done. Yeah. Um, and they're waiting for more. And people were uh, jumping up and down about, it took over a year for the next Game of Thrones season to come out. This. Now you've got a bunch of people or a society that that consumes things like that. They'll watch 12 episodes in a row. They'll go to another show and watch 12 episodes in a row. Why don't Star Wars fans who hmm. could be some of these same people, why don't they want as much Star Wars as much as they can? One of the things I always liked about Star Trek again was that <laughs> was that there was an episode every week. You, right. you would right. Next Generation at least had 25 to 26 episodes a year, right? And you watched all those, and then you had another season, blah blah blah. Meanwhile, um, I don't. I don't think there was a Star... It wasn't a Star Trek series on while Star Warses were coming out. But if you think about it, you had, you know, three or four seasons of Star Trek in between Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. So you get, like, one movie, three years later you get another movie, three years later. Why don't people want to see that much Star Wars? Why Why is it so much different mm-hmm. than everything else we've been watched? Because I, I think I might be in a very small minority that, you know, I'll see... I'll see I'll see the last Jedi and go. When's the next one coming out? Oh, What's next? That's interesting. You know, so um, and I don't fault people for saying that. I mean, right. I grew up on the three years between Star Wars movies. Yeah. And if we didn't have a Star Trek movie in between each Star Trek movie, a Star Wars movie, I think it would have, you know, died. You know, because because you have Star Wars, then you have the motion picture, then you have Empire Strikes Back, then you have the Wrath of Khan. It's like, okay, I'm fine. Right. You know, yeah. it's every two yeah. years. Cause now. of death movies with a lack of star in the title. <laughs> right. yeah. That's the only movies I would watch as a kid. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why I think personally uh, that that once they finish off this Skywalker saga, I think the I think the rules are going to change. Will we do one a year again? Um, or I think I, personally, I think a lot of it's going to shift to uh, streaming media content oh, okay. uh, and series. 
I think that is. The, I would love I to see a Star Wars series. Think that's more the wave of the future. I, not to say that they're not going to do Star Wars films because I know that they. I heard from somebody that they've already announced that they are going to do an episode ten. Uh, that is not, but it will not be. Uh, Skywalker movie. I think there's another trilogy planned. Well, the, the, uh, and then the, and, and the episode 10 is supposed to be the first of the guys from Game of Thrones. Ah, yeah. And yeah. then I and then I was asking my buddy who told me this, uh, well, what about the Ryan Johnson uh, trilogy? And that has not been talked about. Of course, I think I think we're all waiting to, to see, like, are the fans who are really upset about that with The Last Jedi, is that going to get resolved right. in episode nine? You know, I mean, there's all these yeah. theories. But to your to your question, that's that's my take. I think I think once we get through this, <laughs> I, <laughs> Which I think if we can just hold on. Long yeah, enough. I think I yeah. think the rules I think the rules are going to change, and I think the rules can change a little bit because now Disney's going to have a little bit more control. You know, they're dealing with an IP that that has a lot of elements to it you know they i mean they really made a lot of fans they alienated a lot of fans when they said yeah these books aren't canon anymore mm. you know a lot of fans went whoa <laughs> what do you mean you know and there are other people like me who didn't read the books i don't yeah, have I, you know i i didn't i didn't care about when they said that i was like all right i don't care okay it doesn't matter to me at all so anyway what do you think what was the question <laughs> Why can't people binge <laughs> no, watch Star it's, Wars? No, uh, it's well. For, I, I'd love to have an answer for you, but it's a complete intangible. I mean, Marvel puts out uh, four movies in a year, mm. and and Spider-Man made one hundred and thirty-five million dollars. Yeah. It's opening weekend. People are ready for it, and they want it. I did. They, uh, but yet Solo took a tank, and and Last Jedi made six hundred million dollars domestically. I mean, it's not, and then probably over a billion. I haven't checked uh, globally. So the year wait on that, people wanted it. Yeah. So, it, I don't know. I, it's a I, complete something intangible. I something I I've just wondered. You know, I mean, I again, well, they're I all also, trying to do the Marvel thing. Like I said, you yeah. know, the, the the Universal Monsters gave it a go. Got about two movies in, and oh, we're like, no. nope, can't do it. Like, they, they, no one can do it. Yeah. Well, I also wonder too. Like, I think Rogue One is unique because I do think, as much as I said that, like, you know, to me, I could see Rogue Run or not, and I would be okay. Right. I do have a respect for the film. I think it's an incredibly well-made film. I think it's a beautiful film, and I, I I think that that type of story, for a Star Wars story, honestly, is maybe in some ways more what the fans would be interested in. I mean, there's so many people, and we talked about it on the last show, who said with Solo, I didn't ask for a Solo movie. Ah. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. You didn't ask for a solo movie. You didn't ask for Rogue One, for sure. But a lot of people liked it. Mm. And maybe it's because there was so much about it that was a question mark. You know, Rogue One, oh, okay, it's the guys who stole the plans. We don't know anything about them. We don't know who they are. Everything's a setup. Yeah. We don't know the characters. We don't know and noth none of it. It's just blank slate. In the Star Wars universe, here's your blank piece of paper, there you go. Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe that works better. Maybe, Maybe that's part of what it is. Yeah. And people have their own expectations about what happened to Han Solo when he was younger and, you know, from the books or from the comics or right. whatever. And, yeah, it's, you know, it's the, it's the other star franchise's problem. They tend to keep going back into the past to fill right. in the gaps. And do we really want that? You know, let's go into the next century and see well, what's happened. And happening. Some, some people have argued, should we go, you know, Knights of the Old Republic? If we're gonna go back, oh, if we're gonna go back, yeah. go all the way back, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. People the, have said that's what the Game of Thrones guys are doing. Oh, interesting. Oh, well, that way. You don't well, they would be great at that. I mean, Rumor. come on, it'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick list of things I like. 
Okay. I felt bad going on the, the writing All issue right. earlier but yeah. and, and, and crapping on it. So here's some, some things I like. I like the fact that you can see the red Invader's mask. Yes. Which is an early Star Wars thing that. that they improved and they went back to it. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of like when you think about the super advanced technology they have in the prequels and you kind of go, because huh? that, that's certainly way advanced than years later when we hit Star Wars and Empire. Uh, I kind of like that they embraced old school technology and shoddy looking things yep. in this. Um, and I like uh, I like the photography. That's a great out there, out, out in front choice for Gareth Edwards to not do still photography, you know, tripods and all that he's doing. You are there. A lot there of handheld. 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 Yeah. Handheld, yeah. He went green grass with it without going green, full green grass though, because only green grass can edit his shaky cam footage into something brilliant. Uh, so he was sh- it was still shaky cam, but somehow not obnoxious at all. I really enjoyed it. I Which, enjoyed by the it. way, just to uh, jump in on that real quick, I'm a big fan of the look of the film. Uh, when they did Force Awakens, they made a decision that they wanted to shoot Force Awakens on film, which they did. Uh, they went back, so they went back to film for Force Awakens. Uh, for uh, Rogue One, they this was the first one, of course, that was done digitally. They shot on the Ari Alexa 65, uh, which I believe shoots. They actually shot it in 6K, and then I think they probably dumped it down to 4K or whatever okay. for you know delivery. But um, you know, most cinematographers feel that the Ari Alexa delivers the most filmic. Uh, digital image and I would agree I mean I think you know if you look at Rogue One and you compare the images the look of the images to what we saw in Force Awakens it's not like you're pulled out you know Um, I mean it's not it's not a fair comparison to compare it to Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith which were some of the original digitally made films because the technology has just improved so much but you know, there there is definitely a difference in the, and they've learned a lot about how to make these cameras and a lot that I mean, there's a lot done in post to to make these images sure. look. You know, they add grain and they add all this stuff. So it, anyway, to your point, yes, looks beautiful. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that DP's name is Greg Fraser. Yeah, if, uh, if that's how you pronounce Greg when it has an I in it, so I don't know. Greg, uh, <laughs> yeah, Greg. Uh, and I also just like watching the day to day plight of the rebels, like when you see on Jeddah, right, where there's just. Stormtroopers march in the streets, and then they take the they whip up the idea that all right, now we're going to attack them, and our heroes are kind of in the middle of it, like what's happening? Well, yeah, they're yeah. up on the rooftops, they're just going to start shooting everybody. It's like, <laughs> ah, you know, it's crazy, uh, and it's sad too that like now you get to see the Empire in action, just sort of the, I mean, as much as I didn't like Bush, you know, as much as I don't like Trump, uh, there aren't tanks on the street yet. But if tanks on the street brings out a different feel and a different kind of people, right. and, and I think that's displayed well in Rogue One yep. for a crazy, you know, uh, fantasy movie. But it's it, I enjoyed seeing that because you kind of didn't get it before. It added context to what we're really fighting for when you get to episodes four, five, and six. Well, if I understand correctly, it's based on actual occupied cities on Earth uh, with the rubble and the crashed uh, ships and and they tried to, you know, first kind of had like a Vietnam thing in, in the, the Scarif battle, I think. And then, but yeah, Jeddah was supposed to be what you would find in some of the occupied towns in the Middle East or whatever. You know, all the rubble and the buildings and and that and the troops all over the place. So. And apparently there was a, uh, a big battle that was supposed to, that I don't know if they shot and, and they cut or what, but that actually happened. Oh, the, the uh, reason the X-Wing crashed the in the street. The yeah. X-Wing is there. I yeah, it's a, it's a leftover image from uh, that whole story yeah, something that already cut. something that, something that happened <laughs> something and that's that what happened. they came yeah. into yeah yeah uh, i want to move on to something else but one more thing you can give shout out that you love is the score 
Oh, yes. I, I have to talk about uh, Michael Giacchino. I think the score is amazing. I also think it's interesting. You know, they replaced the score. Uh, I think he only had a month that to do right. the score um, because they had someone else who originally had done the score. Um, and for whatever reason, they decided they – I think it had to do with the reshoots. That was what I read was that it, when, when they did the reshoots and they changed whatever the ending was and whatever, I think personally what I think happened was whoever – did the original score because I went back and found the the teaser trailer mm -hmm. for oh, yeah, which all had that, that yeah, stuff that's not in all there, that stuff yeah. that's not in there and it has music I'm assuming from the original composer and the music's fine but um it 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 is certainly not darkly emotive which I think Michael Giacchino captures in a beautiful way mm -hmm. I mean he really digs into the emotions and I also think he does a great job of doing the stuff that he does, which I think is really always beautiful. I love his work. But then he also has these little homages to Star Wars moments. He's got just, I mean, it could be literally like a phrase. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's from A New Hope. That's from, and, I, mean, I mean, it's literally just these little things. And he's so specific with it. And I also want to say there's one moment that I don't think is in any other Star Wars film that I that I loved. And that is uh, uh, when the, the one of the Star Destroyers, when they actually destroy it and when they push it, it with the thing and it goes down, it, yeah. uh, there's no sound design. It's just music. Ooh. And, and, and that, I don't think we've ever experienced that in a Star Wars film. Um, we have had a, a, no music and just sound design, but we had never had just music over something like that and sort of forlorn kind of music yeah. that's like yay we're winning but people are dying <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all those custodians and yeah uh, yeah cafeteria uh, workers and yeah. so it, it actually Thanks is my Randall. uh it is my favorite <laughs> score next to the empire strikes back uh -huh. okay yeah uh, all right. Well, then let's get on to talking about Robert. Wait. No, yes, please. Any more, anything, <laughs> anything else we want to talk about with the Fallout? Two Oscar nominations. Sound mixing, to your point. And visual effects. They lost to Hacksaw Ridge in the Jungle Book, but they got two Oscar nominations for that. Uh, the uh, Oh, and I went to see Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. Have you ever been to the Void in Glendale and done the three or the virtual reality experience no. there? No, but I've heard about some of these. I've They're supposed to be incredible. The I've Ghostbusters heard. one is phenomenal. Oh, okay. But they have a Star Wars one, Secrets of the Empire, and it's based on this. The little video you see beforehand is Cassian talking about the, the adventure he's sending you on. You're going, you're infiltrating some Empire uh, base dressed like a stormtrooper and K2SO is there and he's flying the ship that gets you there and you have this huge adventure and it's really cool awesome. uh, so I thought it was cool that of all the movies they they picked, this picked, one. They picked Rogue One to yeah. like give a little love to again that's um, a Marvel move well also <laughs> too um, uh, to bring this up what do you think about so they're supposed to be doing this uh, Cassian Andor series uh, really? have you heard this mm -hmm. uh, there's some rumor mill saying that that's going to be one of the other live action uh, series is about Cassian Andor and uh, I guess you know whatever he did and all of that stuff to I'm get sure him to that moment. Cool adventures I mean, in him. Diego Luna, right? That's his name. Mm -hmm. um, I think he is just magnificent he in is. that role. I love. I mean, it's well he, underplayed. Yeah, he just. I, like I mean, and he looks. And that's the thing I was, I, you know, he looks like he's struggling. He right. looks like he, he, you know, there is something to lose. Maybe it's just his mind. Maybe it's just his own humanity. Maybe he's afraid of losing that. I mean, you know, right out of the gate, he, he shoots his friend because he's got to get the hell out of there. That yeah. set I mean, the tone for the whole movie. Sure right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like, it's okay. And he shoots him in the gut. Yeah. I mean. It's quieter that way. Yeah. 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 And that guy was all sorts of 
like not in the right f- frame yeah, of mind. He was that guy was a little out. calmer. The two of them might have been adventure yeah. together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I love. I, I anyway. I just I'm interested to see what if they do actually do that. Um, what that would be. So Robert, yes, sir. Star Wars and its accompanying universe inspired you to make short films. It did. It uh, inspired me to become a filmmaker in general. Nice. Yeah. Okay, and that's our show now. (laughs) Me too. Uh, Good night. (laughs) Uh, You know what's interesting? I've been wanting to talk about that, actually, because I think that that Star Wars is single-handedly responsible for a huge influx of people wanting to make motion Uh, pictures. Yeah. Yeah, well, in my experience, it was the first time I was ever interested in how they made movies Mm -hmm. because they were really good about it, especially in 77, 78, of, of... I guess they were just on TV. They must have just been on TV. They would show these specials on behind the scenes, how they made stuff. They would show the blue screen. They would show how the lightsabers work. They would show the droids falling over and all this sort of the stuff. Ships and ben, all the ships. The ships. Ben Bird out at the telephone ben, pole, yeah. smacking it with a wrench. I, oh, my God. I, I did great. that. I did that. Yeah. I went out to a thing with a microphone and then did the sound effect and it didn't work. But... I wasn't in San Francisco, you're, you're, I guess. You know Ben Burke. I know. I know. Yeah. No, definitely It's like, not. you got to hit the right part. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I saw that, and I, I don't know if I specifically said I can do that, but I went, that that is very interesting. I want mm. to do that. I want to do that. Yeah. And, and you know, it's got better with each and each movie, and I remember by Return of the Jedi, there was a huge, um, I wish I remember what it was called, but... Um, Huge special that showed, you know, showed the guys in Jabba, the puppeteers yeah. and that, and showed, and just showed basically every aspect. And I p- actually picked up a book in my high school library that had, it was a, like a production journal. And they said, this is what we shot first. And they shot like the Ewok village first was like mm-hmm. the first day of shooting. And the last day of shooting was green, was blue screen on the sail barge, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and it just took you through the whole production. And it was, I just, I was fascinated by it. And that's probably what got me started. And so Reeves Reel yes. at Vimeo. You can see all the shorts there. We've mentioned one, Cheap Seats. That's also my personal favorite. Thank you. And if we didn't fully explain the plot before, <laughs> go there and check it out. It is <coughs> the award, uh, the medal ceremony at the end of Star Wars and some rebel uh, <laughs> fighter <laughs> has awful seats to watch it and he's yes. complaining about it and annoying everybody around yes. it. But Padme is the one where you win an award that's tied into Lucas directly. It is called the George Lucas Selects Award and the way that used to work is George Lucas would select his favorite fan film from the contest. Now, whether he looked at all the entries, I don't know. I assume he looked at maybe a dozen. I was going to say, they yeah, said, the, the finals. They said, here's yeah. our top picks. What do you think? And he would actually watch them, and then he would announce, uh, my ceremony was at Comic-Con. Uh, sometimes it was at Celebration, sometimes it was at Comic-Con. But mine was at Comic-Con, and when they go to announce the award, they say, and here's George Lucas to announce the award. Oh, my God. And he goes, you know, and blah, 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 blah. There and, or in video? Uh, in video. In video. Yeah, which... <laughs> yeah, I would have still, but yeah, still. Um, yeah. I was sending behind... And, and that's another story. Anyway, um, <laughs> he uh, he announced it, and he goes, he says, the best... I think he said the title of the film first, so it kind of threw me. Uh, I was like, Padme. Oh, that's mine. <laughs> and he goes, directed by Robert Reeves. Congratulations, Robert. You did a great job. And um, I was talking to Mary Franklin, who used to work for Lucasfilm, uh, was kind of the fan coordinator of, of that or whatever it was. And towards the, uh, I would say, well, yeah, he told me I did a good job. She goes, no, he said you did a great job. And he says, you, you know, he, he really enjoyed that. I'm like, oh, 
you know, and just the fact that George That's Lucas nice. knew who I was for five minutes, maybe knew my name, said my name, knew, you know, probably doesn't even remember recording it now. But <laughs> the fact that that I was in the same you know breath as you know George universe, Lucas was in yeah, the universe, yeah. and I was thrilled. And you know, I of course didn't make it alone. Uh, Kevin Walsh uh, wrote it. Uh, Jason Ginsberg um, uh, co-produced it, and he was like everybody that was in a mask. If you ever saw a mask, he was he was three PO. He was Palpatine. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he was our go-to guy for the mask. And, and I should mention the hook is it's Padme via the movie Juno. Juno. It's uh, we noticed a similarity to the the plots of both movies, an unwanted pregnancy that you wanted to give away. Eventually, had to be given away to adoptive parents, and that was the idea. Is Juno. <laughs> Padme as a high school girl got pregnant by her boyfriend Darth Vader, yep. and, and they go and find uh, Senator Organa and his wife, the Queen, to adopt so the baby. Funny. And and I, you know, I I got to play Jason Bateman for about two minutes. I that thrilled me to death. You know, Jason Bateman's character in Juno, and or as Jimmy Smith, which was a little confusing, but um, <laughs> it was a fun production. We did stuff on location. We actually ended up shooting in. Uh, Dean Cundy's house, and he's no like, kidding. like, yeah, like wow. the big Jurassic Park yeah, cinematographer, yeah, DP. Great. So, um, and he talked to us briefly. And I'm like, <laughs> whatever I'm doing is nothing compared to what you did. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just here. But it was awesome. You, you got your like, SD camera going. Hey, yeah, I know Cundy. exactly. Look at this. It's cute, isn't it? <laughs> so we'll shoot awesome. on cell phone next. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, so there's a cheaper oh, seat. Um, can I, saw, I jump yes. in real quick? Yes, you uh, oh, just because we were talking about uh, George Lucas liking things, yes. and I, <laughs> I wanted to mention that I read a little article that George Lucas loved. Loves Rogue One. He loved Rogue One. I, I heard and that too. I thought too. that was interesting. I, so, quick sidebar yeah, on Rogue One. Yeah, and it's One. a good yeah. good stamp of approval, I think. Yeah. Um, back to our regularly scheduled program. No, I have, I have down that that was one of Gareth Edwards, but he admitted one of his biggest right. <laughs> moments yeah. of his entire right. career. Yeah, He's like, like George Lucas said he liked him. Yeah. So, you and Gareth Edwards. Have you, that there you go. Look at that. I know. Look at Isn't that. that. Incredible. But so, I jump over to your IMDb, and there's a cheaper seats. Where is this? <laughs> it, it, it was shot. And uh, edited. It uh, was entered in the contest the following year. It was very unceremoniously rejected by the uh, same people who chose cheap seats. But I never made it to Vimeo. Well, I like to I, check it out. I, uh, I was following the pattern of another fan film called Pink Five, uh, which I'm a big fan of. Um, and he uh, he had his was kind of the same idea of a person that you did not see. She was in the Battle of Endor, and mm-hmm. Pink Five is this Valley girl who's flying in her own X-wing. And but then they ended up making uh, uh, Pink Five Strikes Back and and uh, the Return of Pink Five and all this sort of stuff. I said that's a great idea for a franchise. Let me try that with Bob Beefkins. And so Bob Beefkins uh, ends up in the uh, the Battle of Hoth in the Empire Strikes Back, having through a skiing trip lure the probe droid back to the base. He he passes the droid. The droid follows him. That's how he finds the base. So he's kind of responsible for that. And he's in the trench. Um, and, you know, he's trying to... Anyway, the idea was, is we had a connection to John Ratzenberger at the time. My wife, like, took care of his dogs at the vet clinic or something like that. And we were arranging to get John Ratzenberger to come in and play Major Derlin in his role from The Empire Strikes Back. Nice little cameo. Wouldn't that be cute? Yes. We're just about to film it, and they changed the rules in the contest saying you can't have any professional actors in it. And I'm like, okay, no professional actors. So I hired a friend of mine from Universal who does impressions. I said, can you do Cliff Clavin from Cheers, Um, you know, doing his character in Star Wars? And he said, yeah. So we ended up filming him doing it. 
it kind of fell flat because it wasn't as big a joke without John Ratzenberger right. in it. Um, I did all the effects practically. I used models and, and blue screen and stuff uh, myself. Oh, how fun. Yeah, so I didn't use any CGI. No, I, d- I did. The, spe- the snow speeders were, were whatever. But, uh, you know, I did. I had a but uh, you know, add at model walking in the snow. Oh my gosh, how fun! And we turned our pool. use the baking soda. For we the- did. Yeah, baking soda. nice. I, um, <laughs> there's a nice uh, shot of the the uh, probe coming out of the crater. It's me doing nice. this, you know, and it's got smoke from a smoke machine. Um, I probably should put it somewhere. I should put it on Vimeo or even YouTube. I just it's it doesn't feel finished. It's it's the it's the where the filmmakers say you you know the filmmakers say you don't you don't quit a movie you abandon it yeah it was abandoned for time it had to go into the into the contest I did it as best I could I'm throwing stuff to I'm in my office at night shooting you know shooting a a, a tour you know uh, whatever and um, I always think maybe I can go back and improve some of the keen and the blue screens and stuff and make it a little bit better but I I thought it was a great story and I and uh, uh, a friend of mine who was in both cheap seats and uh, uh, cheaper seats, uh, David Maddox, who works at Universal as well. I know David. You know David? Yep, Good. Yep. Yeah, he's Norman Bates there. And he suggested we had to do Cheap Seats 3, this, this, the search for Cheap Seats 2. <laughs> so <laughs> to find out what happened to that movie. <laughs> Boom, franchise. Uh, franchise. Well, I've already thought, let's go to Endor. Let's go to the, the Mirror Woods up, up north and shoot. You know, I've got an idea of Bob being on Endor. So... Yeah, maybe. Screwing things up yeah, there. But Bob's, that's awesome. Yeah, but Bob's about 15 years older now, so I don't know if that's really <laughs> a good idea anymore. But I liked it, and I can, I can, you know, make it available if you like to see what we came up with. I like Cheap Seats so much, I wouldn't mind a sequel. But what's yeah. your favorite uh, fan film of all time um, for Star Wars? Um, uh, I think Troops is one of my top favorites. That's how it started. Uh, how he, it started. Kevin Rubio was the granddaddy of... of fan films my favorite though would have to be uh george lucas and love which oh, that, that is a great, great yeah film. taking that off shakespeare in love which i also film. liked and he it was just it was a wonderful film and it was so well done as far as incorporating that first gave me the idea for dual parodies and mm. dual parodies are a little bit of a of a of a cheap trick you know it's like you take something that's already liked and combine it with star wars and you've got a whole thing but it's really easy to take the format of something else and put it into star wars and it usually turns out really well yeah Yeah. that that, i just saw like a top 10 star wars fan that wasn't in there that is a great shakespeare in love yeah Uh, george George lucas in love it wasn't yeah that's a great uh, one well they had troops tell me what you love here they had troops they had darth maul apprentice which you say is amazing i think it's I, i think it's the best made fan film in terms of of you could actually just say, "Oh, we're just going to make that canon." Like, it, it, have you seen Mall Apprentice? Uh, is it? Yes, yes, the one out in the woods. It's kind of in, in, in the woods. In the woods. Yes, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I know your brain is going. Oh, I no, do no, dual no, no. parodies. So no, is no, Darth no. Maul like in the <laughs> Trump role, trying uh, to pick the next? I was thinking of another movie like that, and that's <laughs> where you got me confused. Uh, no, I yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I've I mean, it, it's so well done. I mean, cinematically, it's 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 just a, a yeah. fantastically yeah. done film. Those filmmakers, I mean, they they took it seriously, and they really they really made a, a great looking motion picture. Absolutely. And they and they got actors who did a great job, and you know, they obviously all do that for a living as well. 
well and right. you know so they I mean they went in and, and knew what they were doing so I mean yeah. that's a beautiful a, film maybe they even did a uh, behind the scenes oh, did they? Uh, that, so that, awesome. that is incredible you watch it I mean it's like this is I, I love this, this. this is awesome I love this so. and the newest latest is the Star Wars scene 38 I love that, that the, the fight with Obi-Wan yeah um, reimagined version of the somebody ben Kenobi at, Darth Vader duel. yeah somebody asked me said didn't you didn't you mention you would like to see that and I said I responded back I said I thought that might have been in a special edition I thought they might have gone ahead after the prequels say let's right. just reshoot that fight you know let's uh, right. doing basically what they did let's get doubles let's put their faces back on yeah. let's let's do that it is i don't have any problem with it at all i think it is wonderful uh somebody mocked somebody said the fighting style wasn't quite right for the two of them contextually you could have some issues with that but well, i mean the technical prowess on display is impressive that's fantastic george lucas always said it's a robot and an old man that's how they fight now you know so okay you know but i i loved it and maybe if they toned it down a smidge not as dynamic it might be a little bit more believable but i thought it was a wonderfully made film and you know a robot and an old man is just darth vader yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So it's it's, and you don't even need Obi Wan, yeah. you know. So I I actually really love what they did. I think it's beautiful. Me too. I, I think it's really well done. Um, I just don't think it works within the context of the film when they when they try to cut from you know one scene to you know another and you know it, the, the cinematically the way you, it's shot you know it's much more handheld it's yeah. much more immersive you know I mean it's it's modernized you know yeah, you'd have to shoot it with the same kind of style they yes shot in the that's 70s right era. yeah I. I I would be interested to see I mean not that anybody's going to do another version of that but if, <laughs> if somebody did yeah. you know to see something where it was like uh, just an upgrade you know I think yeah. somebody did do an upgrade of, of that scene that just had a little bit more to okay. it um, before this big scene 38 but I do think it looks beautiful yeah, it looks fantastic yeah. and that that is that is what anybody who makes a fan film film wants to do is to make it look as good as possible unless yeah. you're intentionally making it look bad yeah you know you want to make it and that's why in cheaper seats i try to shoot stuff practically i said let me do it the way they did it and see yeah. what happens so have you seen this uh all this stuff going on with this uh this guy who's done the darth vader movie uh that was uh, it was a big brouhaha they like told him he couldn't have this movie anymore and uh, disney came in and they let him have it back and i mean there was, there was I, don't, I don't know the whole story yeah. with it but uh, I saw. I don't know if you saw his first. He was gonna. I think he was gonna make a trilogy of these Darth Vader movies, and he made this the the first one. And I, he spent like I think he spent like a quarter of a million dollars making this film. Is this the one where he flashes back? Yes, uh, he's flashing yeah, back. It's a flashback. I yeah. think I've seen that one. It's and, nice. And he spent money, and he did a great job. He's a good filmmaker, and mm -hmm. and and he seems like a really cool guy. Um, and and they. I don't know. I guess Disney came in and said no, and then they said yes, and then they said, so I don't even know where it stands now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that one is also pretty pretty well done as well. Yeah. That's the risk, isn't? It, like all this uh, effort, and then, and then Disney just goes, nope. Uh, that's like, oh. the Star Trek thing nowadays too. Is is they with Axanar? Oh yeah. uh, yes. I, with what? I don't. I'm not, I don't know the. Uh, Axanar is a fan film that uh, got the attention of CBS. I think not Paramount. But it got attention of CBS, and they said it looks too much like something we'd make. Don't make it. And this was before they came out with Discovery, which is kind of the same time period as oh, theirs was. No. Theirs, theirs was pre Kirk. It was a pre Kirk thing, and and I think. My opinion is they had this in development and said, people are going to think your show is ours and we don't want you to do that. So they made them, they made it, made them, they were going to make a feature and I think they're still working on it, but they made them pull back and, and they made all sorts of new they rules built for fans. sets and all sorts well, of Yeah, they're, I mean, they went, they went full out. I mean, there's a couple of Star Trek things. One, Star Trek Continues is one of my favorites. It's basically season four of Star Trek if they had made a season four and the guy who plays Kirk is just like him and it's really oh, that's extremely well made um, 
But, uh, yeah, Paramount just got, you know, or CBS, sorry, got upset, I think, that it was too close. What I don't understand about any of this is I don't understand why these big companies don't bring these guys in and just say, Give you, you guys are fantastic. Yeah. We love your work. Let's, you know, go ahead and, and what we would like to do is buy that film from you so we can make money off of it, too. Exactly. It's really our property. And we would like to employ you. I mean, seriously. I'll I mean, take a job. I, I, I'll I take a job with I him. don't understand. Has that ever been done? I don't know. But I, well, I know the 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 guy who did the Darth who has the Darth Vader issue going on. Uh, I think at some point, you know, once they were going back and forth on like, are are we gonna you know let him do this or not? At some point, Disney had let him had invited him to come to Star Wars Celebration, and you know, so there was like a. a I don't know. They healed their relationship or whatever, and then, and then it like went back to the. So I don't even know what happened right. with it. But I'm thinking. But I, I don't think so. I don't know that anybody's ever been hired. I'm thinking of the Howard Stern show. <laughs> oh, people have called okay. into his show, been hilarious, and he's hired them as writers. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I once suggested I, to uh, Steve Sansweet, who is like the ultimate Star Wars fan, and anyway, <laughs> I, I mentioned, I mentioned uh, to him after one of the contests, I said. I hear you're doing a new series, and I think at this point it was supposed to be like an anthology series where it would be a different story, not a continuity, different directors every time. I said, why don't you take the uh, the fan film directors and hire them to direct the individual Star Wars episodes because they already know what they're doing. They have a love for it. They they understand the, the genre and give them some money to do it. And um, and we're thinking that's a lot like what the the Project Greenlight thing does is that you you give them the money and the crew they need and then then you do that. I think I think that Disney should absolutely do that. I think they should you know, here's 50 million dollars, let's shut up the fans yeah. that are really upset about right. you really want to make a Star Wars film, you know, have a contest, you know, pick the best filmmakers, we'll good. give you the tools and you know, let's let's see where this actually does go because you know what? Maybe maybe there is some fan out there who is going to make some amazing you know, actual canon Star Wars film. Maybe not. Maybe they'll be like, "Yeah, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be." <laughs> Who knows what the outcome would be? But it would be really interesting. And let's face it, you would have a television show about the making of it because that would be interesting. That'd be to watch. interesting of it. Yeah. And you know, and if it's super successful, you might have a whole new uh, saga. Sounds uh, good. I'm glad we blew fifty million on finding out it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to make movies. <laughs> movies are hard. <laughs> so hard. Well, uh, Robert, you, you yes. went to Star Trek, but you brought it back around to Star Wars. I, again, I tried, which thank is, you. Uh, and you nicely made, done. It's nicely ideal done. for the yeah, Star Wars You can podcast. edit out any of the Star Trek stuff you want. So of course not. It's all good fans. Good. Good times. Good, good, good. Uh, well, that's five movies down, five to go. That's right. On the countdown to nine <laughs> podcast. I'm just confusing myself as I say it, but that's, right. that's it. We've yeah. got the original trilogy. Force Awakens and Last Jedi ahead of us, and the fifteenth of every month is when you want to go everywhere you find our show and uh, listen to the latest. <laughs> That's everywhere, right? That's yeah, it'll YouTube, appear on iTunes, the screen Spotify, magically, Podbean, etc. Uh, and of course, the last episode will post five days before the release of episode nine. Once again, I'm Paul Preston. I'm Sean Blodgett, and our guest is Robert Reed. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, did we get his stuff about? Oh, his do you want plugs? My... I don't think we're we got right his now. plugs. Oh, we're gonna do his yeah. plugs. All right. You, uh, all right. Let's take it one more time. Say, say it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm Paul Preston. And uh, once again, I'm Paul Preston. And I'm Sean Blodgett. And our guest is Robert Reed. No, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a and pleasure. Between episodes, don't forget to follow us at Facebook.com slash Countdown to Nine, Countdown to Nine on Twitter and Instagram. And where are we finding you, Robert? Uh, where You found me on Vimeo very well. That's a good place to find my films. I also do have a website, which is pretty much the same thing. You go to ReevesReel.com, and, and you'll find movies and sometimes pictures there. I am on social media, uh, also Instagram and Twitter. 
uh, under Reeves Reel, but it's mostly personal stuff, so I don't expect a whole lot of behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> but Vimeo, Vimeo is, a, is a really good place to your, find my stuff. Your Twitter feed will be all the stuff we didn't get to today. Exactly. Right. I, I will go home and tweet <laughs> that now. Yeah. Uh, join us next month as we get to what I'm calling the highlight of this whole thing, the original 1977 Star Wars. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have a whole round table yeah. of guests here to kick <laughs> yeah, that one around. There's so. much to say about it, about the film that uh, changed our lives. Yeah. Till mm-hmm. then. Sean, I love you. I know. <laughs> <laughs>